You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? What is up, Buffalo? My man popping in here. Uh, right as we start, I should have waited one more second. Mookie Hawkins in the building. Special episode here tonight. And special in that just I'm sharing this space with a lot of special people. And it's been an awful couple days. Um, you know, I, I actually did my first show yesterday. I did a radio hit in Rochester. I do it every week. So I didn't really want to leave those guys hanging. But there hasn't been any Bill stuff for me the last couple of days. I didn't go to the Micah Hyde event. I just, to be honest with you, I was talking about this with my wife the other day. Like, I, I can't, I just can't get over this. Like, it's so close to home. Everything that's that's happened over the last couple of days, just seeing the stories and the coverage and just the unbelievable coverage. I mean, people like Madison Carter and Claudine Ewing and, you know, people at, you know, just doing the job in the, you know, heat of all this. It's It's been unbelievable. This is the Shout Buffalo football podcast, but we're not going to be talking about football tonight. We're going to be talking about what happened on Saturday. We're going to be talking to some people that I feel like deserve to have their voice heard and for us to maybe just start discussing what we can do, what kind of, you know, information that we can get out there to get people to maybe start changing a little bit. I'm joined as always by Ryan Talbot. Um, a couple of gentlemen uh, below here, Mookie Hawk- Hawkins, uh, Wufo Sports. He's everybody's favorite Bills beat reporter. I mean, you, you, you see him in the press conferences. I mean, uh, you can't deny the smiles that come on the faces of Deion Dawkins and Josh Allen when Mookie gets the mic. Uh, and then, of course, Jay Spence, the king from Buffalo Rumblings. How are you guys? I'm 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 around. I'm I'm okay. You know, what I mean, I, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like it's kind of hard to write stories or really talk about sports at a time like this. You know, what I mean, you would want to. I mean, I went to the baseball game because that took my mind off. Of it, you know, what I mean, to be truthful, it, it kind of took me away a bit. But as soon as the game was over, it was just like, you know, it's reality. You know, what I mean, you can't. There's no way around it. You know, what I mean, so it's just kind of tough to deal with. Um, Spence, I think you did a great thing on your show and, and you, you opened, uh, which by the way, if you haven't seen the code of conduct yet, go check that out. Uh, Jay Spence with a great open to that show that I think everybody needs to see. Mookie had an awesome appearance. I mean, just really, really great stuff with Tim Graham. Go check out that podcast as well. But I mean, if you want, if you can, Jay Spence, I mean, just, just say their names again, because that was, it was really captivating. 
And we're going to talk about a few of them tonight. And obviously, you know, Pearl specifically, how are you and how has this all been for you? Well, um, I, I wish I memorized them like that. I had it, I had it written in front of me. And um, but but all 10 lives um, from everything that we're hearing, they lived fantastic lives. They were great people. This wasn't um, you know, we weren't taking the worst of the worst here. Uh, the people who were taken from us were very, very good people who cared about their communities and cared about their families. And, um, you know, I, I, you asked earlier, like, you know, how we're doing. I'm be honest, man, like I, I'm as good as I can be, you know, but it, it's, you know, it's not, I'm not good. And and when it, when it comes to like the memory of, of Pearl, she was, she was one of the most amazing people that I've ever, um, had an opportunity to have a relationship, whether it be, you know, family or not. Like she, she was just somebody who was so authentic and, and so full of love and so full of life. And, um, you know, being back home for this, it was, it was especially special for me to go down to Jefferson today and kind of volunteer and be with the people. But what was therapeutic for me was how many people down there had special memories of her personally. Um, and she was a she was a substitute teacher for a while. And then, um, like I said, she's been in the church community in Buffalo for over 50 years. And um, and there's just so many people who knew her in a different way. And when they addressed us and they addressed me, like they just talked about how great she was and the love that that they felt from her. And so, I mean, that's been good for me. But, you know, like you, you just saw before I went live, you know, the three of us were talking and, you know, like it, it's 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 not an easy thing to, to talk about or deal with, but I do believe like right now, um, the platform that I've been able to, to grow with and, and talk about football, I think it's super important that I don't miss, and not for a sake of like growth, not for a sake of trying to use this for personal gain, but I think it's important that if people do listen to me on any level, if people think the things that I say matter, then it's important for me to say how I feel. And it's important for me to um, represent, you know, some of the families and talk about like how this hurts and the emotions behind it and what needs to change in our communities. So, you know, that's because I honestly, I wasn't even going to let anybody know my relationship to Pearl. You know, I was just going to keep that in and kind of just grieve with the family. But I realized that, you know, if the people who have the platforms don't speak up about it the right way, there's just, there's, it's too easy of an opportunity for, for misinformation. I don't mean in a political way, but like misinformation about somebody, you know, the way they report on somebody has to be accurate, especially with something like this. So I thought it was important for me to, to speak about how wonderful she was and how full of love and life and laughter and dancing and just all that stuff, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Ryan, uh, how are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. And, you know, Jay Spence, I, I did like everything you said about Pearl. And, you know, as an educator myself, I, I was blown away to see that uh, 77 years old, she's still in a classroom. She's substituting, spending that time with kids that she is uh, going out of her way to to work with the youth of, of Western New York. And uh, can you tell us just a little bit more about Pearl and, and your relationship and what she was like? Yeah, for sure. She um. So like you mentioned, she, she was um, in education, but um, the most part of her life, she, she really, um, she lived for and by the church. <laughs> so as much as she was an educator for the public school system, that was really just an extension of who she was. She loved God. She loved kids. She loved her family. But 
but I'm telling you, like one of the the best memories about her that I have is just, you know, literally every Sunday we would get together uh, before church, before Sunday school. And she was just um, she was so excited to see you, you know, and it's like she would have my coffee made the exact way I like it. And it seemed like it was always the right temperature, you know, like I get there and it's already ready. And, you know, and she would, you know, heat up a honey bun. Like it was just the perfect. And it's, I know it's those small things, but it's like, she, she put detail into every relationship. And, you know, if you, if you were to speak to anybody from, from the church, they would all tell you the same thing. Like she had a different relationship with everybody and everyone has something that they can um, remember and speak specifically to. And, you know, she just, she just helped shape that part of the reason why earlier we talked about how, you know, I try to be full of love on Twitter and, and on my show, I always try to be positive and I try to give people love. I can say for a hundred percent sure, surety that she, that's where I got it. She, she was the person that, you know, I said on the code of conduct, like, it's impossible to stay upset when you're around her. If you have a bad day and you come in, man, she embraces you. And it's almost like the hug just melts everything away. And, and that's just who she was. And, you know, she, she was the type of person that, you know, when, when things weren't right, she found a reason to show you that it was like, you know, you could complain about everything and she's like, yeah, but, and then it's just joy. It's just joy and happiness. And she loved dancing. Like, it didn't matter. You know, at church, we danced all a lot. Like it's a traditional black Pentecostal, you know, holiness church. But even we could be at a restaurant and let the right type of beat come on. And I promise you, she's standing up dancing and she's just, you know, she always cracks jokes and she always, you know, she just makes people feel, she, she just always made people feel like, you know, there was something to look forward to. And that's how I want people to remember her. Um, I'm sure her daughter, Pam, will have a different, you know, a, a different way that they that she will want it remembered. But this is how I remember her for, for being um, just like the most positive and, and the most encouraging. You know, like there wasn't a day that went by that I spoke with her that she didn't remind me how proud of me she was. Like and you know, she was just like that super encouraging person, you know, like you just anything that you ever doubted yourself in you go around her and then you'll feel like you can do, you know you can run through a freaking wall just because of like the energy the energy she gives you man like she she's going to be missed in so many different ways by so many different people man like i'm telling you pro was i wish everybody had the opportunity to meet her and not just hear about her because that's really how special she was pearl young was 77 uh ruth whitfield was 86 Catherine. Uh, Massey was 72. Hayward Patterson was 67. Celestian uh, Cheney was 65. Geraldine Talley was 62. Aaron Salter, 55. Uh, the courageous uh, security guard who tried to stop the shooter was 55. Andre McNeil, 53, was just at the tops to get a cake for his three-year-old. Um, Marcus uh, Morrison, 52, Roberta Drury, 32. Uh, she's actually from Syracuse. She recently moved to Buffalo to help care for a family member who had cancer. Um, Mookie, what's crazy, I'm so glad you made the time today. And listen, if you have not listened to Mookie Hawkins with Tim Graham and Jonah Bronstein, please, it's an hour and 15 minutes that I think everybody really needs to hear. We got Mookie for 20 minutes here right now. It's not, we're not gonna be able to get in the same level of detail. 
But I got to thinking, Mookie, like we were standing on the sidelines at OTAs the other day and we were just kind of having just like a off the cuff conversation with Ashley, who's uh, Ashley Holder, who's going to be on a little bit later in the show about racism and how it still exists, even even for media folks. And you, you gave a story about how just at this, you know, down uh, at, at the events covering, you know, the events down uh, by Jefferson, you felt profiled. I mean, this stuff still exists. It's just. It, it, we we keep kind of going around in this this constant like merry go round, and it's like you think you get off at, at some point, and you think that people are going to wise up and come together, and it's like we keep dealing with these same things. I listen, I'm just coming from my perspective. I can't imagine for you guys like it's just got to be so daunting and exhausting. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's, it's what we go through. Is 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 it's a part of our everyday life, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's it, you know, it's an everyday struggle for us when we wake up. You know what I mean? Like, what's next? You know what I mean? What, you know, where where's the scrutiny is going to come from? You know what I mean? Based upon our color of our skin. You know what I mean? So that's just, you know, that's just what it is. Um, it's it's a shame that, you know, black people have to go through that scrutiny. Um, but it's, it's just what it is. And like I was saying on Tim's show yesterday, it goes all the way back. From segregation, you know what I mean, Ryan, uh, Matt. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, what year your parents was born in, but you know, once again, my parents was born in, you know, in the 40s and the 50s, where segregation was at its all time high, and they witnessed that growing up as teenagers, you know, having to, you know, be segregated in areas they w- couldn't go to, you know, where you know whites could was privileged to go to. So now, you know, we have laws have changed, but people's ways and demeanor hasn't. You know, what I mean, it's just hitting. You know, so we still face that scrutiny. And, you know, here we are today. Nine elderly people is a victim of gun violence for no reason on account of Mrs. Drury at 32 who passed away. But why is that? What What's the reason behind all of that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's like it's this open season on black people. This is how we really feel. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if I didn't know you, man, if I if, if I know you, Ryan, you know, I gotta look at I gotta look at you a little different now, just be based upon the situation, and that's uncomfortable for me. And I shouldn't feel that way, mm-hmm. you know. I shouldn't feel that way at all, you know what I mean. But with this situation, I mean, a lot of black people are probably that way now, you know what I mean. When it comes to looking at other persons that's that's not black, with this happening, you got somebody that can just at a like this just to start shooting people. You know, that's just, it's, it's very uncomfortable and it's disheartening and, and and it's very sad. I mean, that something like this is still going on to this day. And that guy is 18 years old. So he's nowhere near a part of segregation at all. So where is that coming from out of 18 year old? Is it coming from his parents? Is it coming from his household? Um, where is he? Wh- why is he feeling this way towards black people? Why is he feeling that much anger as a teenager? to want to conflict this, 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 this so much harm on, on black people is, is just, is, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like, so who's to say how many other people feel that way that we don't know about, you know? So it, it makes you wonder and it just, and it's, and it's sad. And, you know, I was telling Tim, I mean, me, I'm an open book. If you feel a certain kind of way you want to know about black people, just ask me, don't, you know, just ask. I mean, we need to understand each other's culture so we can have an understanding on things. And maybe if we can do that openly, then that will, you know, make us bond a little bit more 
efficient because we understand your upbringing. You understand my upbringing. We understand each other's culture. And, you know, there's no there's no animosity or or none of that because, hey, you know, I know Matt top to bottom. Matt knows me top to bottom. I have no problem with asking Matt anything about his culture. And Matt has no problem with asking me about my culture, you know, because that's going to help me best understand your culture. I'm not going to sit up there and just judge based upon uh, what I see or what has happened previously. I want to, you know, hear from Matt's perspective, you know what I mean? So I can get a clear cut understanding on the situation. That's it. You know what I mean? So. But see, I think that's the part that's um that's super important. And you talked about your relationship with Matt and Ryan. And I think a lot of times um, when people don't have relationship and then they go based on what they were raised by, you know, I, I was blessed to go to City Honors, at, you know, for high school or from fifth grade through 12th. And I say blessed because it was such a cultural melting pot. And, like you know, one of my best friends in high school, his name is Sam Fleming. He was he was one of those guys that, you know, white family. I would go over his house sometimes. He would come over my house sometimes. And because of the relationship, like I care about things that he goes through. He cares about the things that I go through. So whenever there's an injustice or whenever there's um, a situation where someone is saying something racial, he takes a stand because he cares. Like it hurts him Mm -hmm. to see me hurt. But when, when people are so afraid, like Mookie was saying to, to, um, understand other cultures or, or spend time with people to build a relationship to understand them. You know, when that doesn't happen, then it's just like a, another story on TV or another story that pops on your Twitter feed. But when you really care about people, you know, for me, I, I mean, I'm not a woman, but I care about the things that women go through because I have relationship with women. You know what I mean? Like I would hate for my sister to, to, um, suffer any abuse or to suffer any type of, you know, sexual abuse that bothers me. So in the same sense, people need to um, extend their relationships, learn to to care about people. And when that happens, man, I really think that, you know, you see a huge difference because everyone I have a relationship with is different. You know, like the, the, the things that you and I talked about earlier, like prior to that's because we've built a relationship so you're comfortable telling me about certain things and i'm comfortable telling you about certain things and then your heart is connected to it you know and so then if something happens to me matt has my back ryan has my back but if there's no relationship you know you don't you don't not saying you personally but it's like you know if there's no relationship it's like okay whatever that happens suspense it's important it's important to try and open your minds and hearts to relationship and understanding cultural differences. Yeah. It's just crazy, Matt. We were just talking about that Friday. Then here it is Saturday. This, this incident happened. You know what I mean? I mean, it was just, just out the blue. We just small talking, just kicking it. You know what I mean? And <laughs> boom, <laughs> you know, we had laughs about it. You know what I mean? And here we are, you know what I mean? Talking a little bit more in depth about a serious situation concerning it. And I mean, we're just, you know, basically like just the absolute mind boggling nature of that it exists in 2022. Like, I was just thinking about it as you guys were talking, like, in a lot of ways, like, I feel sometimes like we're fighting like an, uh, like a, an unfair fight, right? Like, I don't even know how to combat somebody that's willing to take somebody's life, period. 
right? Like my mind doesn't go there. Like my mind, like I can't experience, like I can't like put myself in that. Like it, there's one thing to see somebody treat somebody, you know, a certain type of way, but for somebody that's like willing to take somebody's lives, I mean, going back to the George Floyd situation, I mean, there's gotta be something really, really wrong with you. Um, you asked like how all of this could happen. Like, listen, I put a post out about it and I know it's political, but I don't care. Like we need to start kind of digging down to what your point that both you guys just made was understanding the plight of our brothers and sisters, no matter what their skin color is, whatever they're going through. Jay Spence, you said it so good. So, well, you don't know what it's like to be a woman, but you're, you're, you're willing to kind of go listen and see what they're going through to kind of understand what they're going through and do what you can to help them, you know, make their, whatever their struggle is a little bit easier. When, when black people are saying black lives matter and your response, your retort is all lives matter without really digging into learn why there's such this need to say it and to raise your hand and say, no, wait, black lives matter. We just need you to know that that too, black lives matter. If you're mm -hmm. pushing back against that, I don't even know how we can have a conversation. Right. Right. I mean, listen, I'll tell you this. I, I, I interviewed for Dave yesterday and he racked off about 10 minutes. He was venting. Like, it just triggered him back to him growing up in Louisiana. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to share that clip. I'm going to put it up because, I mean, you know, Matt, we in and we out with the guys. But it, it, Tredavis had a lot to say. and He was kind of he was kind of taken back by it. You can you can sense it in the way he was just going on and on. I mean, we're talking just about 10 minutes of just Tredavis White at you know, at, at, at this event today. And, you know, I'm going to share that with everybody. And, you know, he, he, he was really deep into that situation that, that, that kind of triggered some things that, you know, goes on back home with him. You know what I mean? He's from the deep South, you know? So, I mean, for something like that to happen up this way, is just, I mean, it's unheard of, but it's, it's around. I mean, Buffalo is, the sixth segregated city in the nation has been that way since I've been born. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, so to some degree, we have to change that to some degree. Um, it's not going to change overnight. You know what I mean? It's not going to change in a year, but to some degree, it, it, it has to change. It has to get better. It has to improve or, you know, it's just, it's just going to be a struggle. You know what I mean? And you don't want to put cultures versus cultures because, what does that do? That doesn't help no situation at all. You know what I mean? But it's it's just tough to to witness it. That it, you know, like everybody says, when it when when it's when it's here, when it hits, when it hits, you never think that something like that will happen in Buffalo. You just wouldn't think that something like that will happen in Buffalo. That a guy just go postal on a bunch of elderly people that don't have a care in the world that that wouldn't hurt a fly that don't have a problem with no one. All right, just doing a normal thing on a Sunday, you know, providing food for their families, man, you know, and, and for their lives to be taken, you know, I'm, I'm very upset. I'm very angry about that. Cause that could have been my grandmother. That could have been my mother at that grocery store, you know, and man, I can't, I can't even begin to feel what those families are feeling right now. Cause I'm upset myself and I'm not related to any of them, but I'm, I'm very upset and I'm, and I'm angry by, it. I'm, I'm definitely angry by it.
Yeah. And and one more thing, I got to I got to roll my, my back. I thought I was going to be back at the hotel by now, but my battery is going to die. So I'm going to get out of here soon. But appreciate you um, coming in, man. Thank you. Thank you. But I did want to say, like, I think part of it, too, is also what to what you mentioned. We have to also get to the place where we can just be honest and acknowledge it. Like I remember and I don't know if you guys remember this, but like two years ago, a year and a half ago, Bomani Jones tweeted out like every time I critique Josh Allen, there's a certain part of Bill's mafia that jumps on me and they say a bunch of racial stuff. And a lot of Bill's mafia was like, don't generalize us like that. We're not that. We're not that. And I spoke up and I said, well, wait a minute. I'm part of Bill's mafia. And there are times that I post something and I've had and, you know, I've had people call me names. I won't say them on your on your broadcast here, but I've had people call me names and then people called me a liar. Like I'm part of Bill's Mafia. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it just gets to the point where you have to in order for us to really get better. You know, you have to we have to know what the condition is. You know, you can't start taking the correct medicine if you never diagnose the problem. And mm-hmm. and the thing is, we have to recognize that as much as we all love the city of Buffalo and we call ourselves the city of good, you know, like it, as much as we love everything about it, there is there is there is segregation. There is racism. There is um, there, there or there are. It, it's just a ton of things that there are that's not right about Buffalo. And it's not that we hate everybody. It's not that the city's bad. It's not that everybody's bad. But until we get to the point that we can be honest and say, yeah, this is happening here. You know, the day after it happened. Somebody woke up in Niagara Falls to a, a a horrible message on their fence. This is happening, you know, and look, like I said, I, I love Buffalo and I love everybody that I've met through what I'm doing now. Like, I thank God for SB Nation and Buffalo Rumblings. It's, it's allowed me to meet so many great people and it's allowed me to build relationships with people. But there's also still that portion like Bomani mentioned, that if you say the wrong thing about if I critique Josh Allen about anything and it's just football, I can say, oh, Josh Allen threw that interception. And that was just like not a smart like, come on, Josh got to be better. My comments. I've been called a porch monkey for, for comment. Or, like in 2021, 2022, people are still calling black people porch monkeys. And, and like, I mean, it's happened to me and I'm part of Bill's Mafia. Like, I feel like. You know, there are times that I do respond back in a snappy manner, but it's because, you know, like you obviously gave me some energy that I feel like I need to reciprocate. But but for the most part, man, I love everybody. Like I try my hardest every day to wake up with positive love and energy like every day. And I tell people I love them, people I've never met. Hey, bro, I love you, man. I I DM people. I check on people like there's people that that don't know me at all. And they post something because I live in, in Phoenix, there's a, the three hour time difference. So there's times I'm up at 930 watching TV and then I scroll on the timeline and somebody's up at 1230 and, and they're saying how life sucks and this and that. I DM, I DM people, I inbox people and I don't do it for like people to, to say anything publicly. But th- I'm saying that to say my character is I don't care if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, like I love people. Not all people love people. 
And we have to be honest about it. And we have to say, like, this is a real thing in the city that we love. And, you know, gentlemen, thank you for allowing me to speak. Mookie, I love you, man. I hope I get to see you before I leave. But my phone just it just buzzed and said five, five percent. Get off. So I love you guys. <laughs> we'll catch up some more. And uh, actually, Matt and Ryan, while I'm here, you know, I'm here until Saturday. So if, if there's any opportunity to get up for a drink or something and just kind of, you know, fellowship, let's do that, man. Let's let's do that. That sounds like the greatest thing I've heard all week. So all right, thank you so much, Spence, for coming on, man. All right. Love you guys. Love you, bro. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let me bring on, oh, well, we got the whole crew in here. Um, Tisha Parker, um, Ashley Holder, uh, joining uh, the program here. Thank you so much. Uh, two lovely uh, women uh, of Buffalo sharing their time here tonight with us as w- uh, well as Jay Spence, Mookie Hawkins. If you're just tuning in right now, I know this is a football podcast, but you know Ryan and I have talked all week. Like We can't talk football right now. I haven't been able to talk football all week. I mean, this has just been heartbreaking for to watch members of our community going through the pain that they've gone through this week. It's, it's at times feels like too much to bear and we're not even in the heart of it. Like I'm not affected by this really. Right. Other than the fact that these are people that I consider, you know, members of my community, like my peers. Right. But like, these are people that that have lost family members that are like, you know, in churches and in community, like people, you, you walk down the street, you see these people every day that are affected by it. Uh, and so I want to bring a bunch of people in here and just talk about what we can do to be better, to, you know, educate people on how to be better, how to uh, approach relationships better. Mookie and Spence have been so great to start the program. Tisha, let me go to you first. Uh, Tisha Parker, tell people a little bit about what you do. Uh, obviously, I want you to talk about Rooted in Love, but, you know, a little bit about everything that you do. Let people get to know you a little bit. Yeah, I do. A, lot, a little bit too much to be completely honest. <laughs> but I, um, so I own Rooted in Love. Uh, we are a completely non-judgmental food pantry. We provide fresh produce and hygiene products all free of charge. We don't take income guidelines. So we help any and everyone in any capacity that we can, even if it's providing a referral for um, them to have other agencies help. Um, I've been doing that for nine years total, but it's been actually rooted for five years. Um, We're located in the heart of everything that happened about two minutes located in my grandparents' home. I run multiple professional athletes foundations. So that's how I met you guys, how I met, you know, the mafia babes and a a lot of people. I've been fortunate with that. And I just left my full-time job to do that full-time. How crazy has this week been just from, uh, you know, working with all the food donations and like just the moving parts of the whole operation. It's extremely overwhelming. 
I mean, hmm, I'm trying to find nice ways to say things, but mm. it's it's really it's so great, you know, that everyone has open arms and they want to help and they have so much that they want to do. I think it's just been so extremely overwhelming because when Saturday happened, um, I actually was at my brother's baby shower. We would have been at Rooted when that was going on. You know, we my family knew five people that were murdered and my cousin was in the store running out the back with his two year old daughter. So it was something that hit like so close to home for me. But then to turn around and have to still service you know, the, the same community that's hurting, that's grieving when we're grieving and it's, it's been exceptionally overwhelming. There's maybe three main organizations that truly operate over there with, with food. So the resource council, um, at, we're a partner of theirs. So our community fridge is outside of their location. And then you have the Buffalo community fridge and there is feed Buffalo too, that, um, operates over there, but those main four, three to four, um, you know, they don't have a ton of staff members. So this has been so, so overwhelming. I mean, I have not slept more than two hours since Saturday. I haven't seen under 200 text messages in my my phone. I haven't seen under 2000 messages on Instagram. I've never, like Rooted has never experienced this magnitude of Outreach. I mean, even when we had the partnership with Dion, it it never reached to being like this, where people are leaving donations on our porch. Like we couldn't even get up the stairs today. It is just so insane. And it's great, but it's still like, you know, there's so many emotions and we still are trying so hard to be like so helpful and so connected and collaborate on everything but realistically like we are all so tired and we're so overwhelmed that it's it's getting like I feel like some of the messages are getting lost you know like we're all doing this we want to be a good unit but it's just still you have so many agencies coming in now and it's you know I feel like you have it at every every time there's like anything negative that happens you have like organizations that come in they take over and they, you know, want to be the front. They want to be the face. They're the official. And it's great. But in two weeks when they don't care anymore, like we're still going to be the small organizations that have been here for years that worked and clawed our way from the roots all the way up to the top of the tree to make this area of the community even noticeable. Mm-hmm. So, let me ask you this. And I want to get Ashley in here too. Um, do, do you need like people are bringing donations, like dropping things on, on doorsteps. Do you need people? Like, do you need volunteers too? I mean, is that something that maybe there's not enough of because of just the quantity of food that's being dropped off? There's so many people that are reaching out to help. I think, you know, I, and I, I say this just from like my own perspective, like I have two staff members, So one of my staff members doesn't even know how to use social media. So it's like, you know, now, of course, hindsight, I'm like, God, I should have prepared for anything like this to happen. But I think it's like, that's part of the reason why a lot of us have been overwhelmed because we have a lot of like older volunteers. We have a lot of 
um, people that are consistent, but like the young people that are volunteers, they can volunteer later in the day. Whereas the older people are the ones that we're relying on, you know, in the early morning or mid morning while people are at work. So, I mean, I, I definitely think we need volunteers and I just had this conversation with our board after we have an event Saturday, Monday morning, like we have got to open a volunteer calendar so we can, you know, have people there to receive the donations, have things being organized instead of, you know, they're just dropping them. And it's just pure chaos. Like it's great, but it is chaotic. We we've been receiving so much stuff. We actually uh, partnered with the Buffalo community fridges. I, I posted a picture, for example, yesterday on rooted social media about our collaboration. And someone's like, well, why is, why is the produce on the ground? And I'm like, well, because it's, a insanely busy street we're unloading and like we also want to respect our our clients in that area so we're not posting people's faces we're not posting while they're coming to get help so if we have a quick moment where we're snapping just the pictures to say our quick thank you you know to farmers or to local businesses that are dropping stuff off and we're splitting it that's like where it is right now it's not forever remaining there but people are coming in droves so we're not even getting like that opportunity to get the stuff off the ground. Like as it's coming off the truck, people are there reaching arms in, you know, saying, oh, my God, I need that. Oh, man, I've never had fresh corn. I've never had fresh lettuce or, you know, I haven't had milk in months because I can't afford it. It's it's there's a deeper problem than that being a food desert and that being just the only grocery store. Like the deeper problem is they're still getting the crap end of things when it goes into that grocery store. They're still having to choose between canned items and fresh produce because they can't afford it. And now with COVID, half of these people don't have jobs. You're dealing with a portion of the city that has high crime, that has, you know, drug dependent people that may be selling that canned good so they can get crack. They may be selling, you know, their their items that they did have on their back so they can go and get that fixed, but it's still not meeting certain needs of the community, even though that's like one portion of it. Yes, it's major that the grocery store is closed, but there's still so many things that need to be done over there when it comes to the fact that people have to make a choice between non-perishables and fresh items because they're not making a livable wage. They're choosing to be homeless because they can't afford to pay rent, but they rather, you know, have food to provide for their family. It's, there's so many other things that, you know, it's great that everybody's coming in and giving donations, but it's not, I don't want to say it's not enough, but it's just overwhelming. Cause when this ends, there's still a bigger issue. Mookie, you said, I think it was on Tim's show. Like, how are we going to keep this same energy? Because I think at the end of the show, like, you know, everybody's coming out now in support and, you know, the, the money's great. The donations are get, are great. But how do we keep this going? Because not only from like what you're, you're bringing up a lot of great points here, Tisha, like, all right, it's great to have all this food now, but like, is this going to stop in a couple of weeks? And, you know, it's great that we're all having these conversations. Maybe there's a little bit more awareness about how we treat each other. But if we just forget about this and put this in a drawer in two weeks and go back to how we 
you know, some of us have been operating. I mean, we've seen it, you know, not only we talked about the sign in Niagara Falls, the, the correctional officer who had the most despicable comment on the heels, the immediate heels of this happening. That's your first thing is to post a comment on Facebook. I mean, th- this stuff, like it just bleeds into everything. And how are we going to get to a point where, yeah, of course, this is the conversation right now, but how are we going to change things? How do you actually impact change and how is there sustainability? I mean, that's a huge conversation. I've spoken with the girls over at the Buffalo community for just every day. I mean, one of them is a traveling nurse. She leaves Saturday and she's like, mm-hmm. this, I founded this, but like, this is beyond me. Like, I'm so overwhelmed. We're receiving so many donations and like, they, they're literally just fridges. Like they don't have an office space. They don't have a physical location. So people are, were leaving like, which is great, but like pallets of items outside. And it's still like, I think it's still that there's still a huge, you know, disconnect where you're leaving pallets and it's still realistically the hood. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's still, a different way of life that some people haven't experienced. And Mookie, like you saying, how, how is this momentum going to keep building? Like I, I've been saying that every day since this happened, like everyone was bringing up rooted. I talked to Catherine over at the resource council. I was filling the fridge on Monday and I I said to her, you know, I'm going to fill it every day. Usually I fill it three days a week, but I'll fill it every day. And so, you know, this ends, but at the same time, like, People are sending monetary donations and I'm saying to people, great. I appreciate that. It's on the back burner right now. We're not even touching that money because people still need to sustain themselves. We still have a job to do when all of these resources pull out from this, this portion, maybe in two weeks, you know, we still have sustainability. We still have people that will need to get fed. We still have people that may need baby items, hygiene products, household items, pet items. What do you do then? When all of those food food resources are exhausted, there still remains like the main organizations that have been operating and still meeting these needs. So that's when that money comes in and that's when it gets spent so that we're still addressing, but we're able to really truly sustain to meet the level that this is at now because we were servicing a lot of people, but this is now you're having people come out that maybe never had before. They were always shopping at that store. So it limiting it even to specific zip codes, like it, it's mind boggling to me because I'm like, how? Like that tops touches Elmwood, touches, you know, east sides of Buffalo, uh, other people that may have been in the area that may work in the area, but not necessarily live in the area. They may have shopped there. So now what? They're going to these places to get these these items. But when all that exhausts and runs out, what happens then? Because there's still that need. So how can these organizations even live up to that expectation? And we can't. Like, the only way to do it is to collaborate and you're sharing funds and you're sharing all of your resources, your networks, praying that people are going to now see that this has been necessary the whole time. I mean, I know we have talked about this a lot. Like you know, that there was lack of resources over there. There's lack of resources in a lot of aspects of the city, but like this area has been deserted for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been deserted. I mean, my question to the guys were, 
Um, I know it, it, it was good for you guys to come down here on, on Jefferson and East Utica. You know, would this be a once a year thing now? You know what I mean? Would y'all come back next year and the year before that to just embrace the community, have a community day? I know, Tisha, you do 716 with Dion. Uh, maybe, you know, next year he might want to do 716 day, you know, on Jefferson. Who knows? But as the Bills, as the team, Sir Davis White, he he's he's all for it. Stefan Diggs is all for it. A lot of guys said that they were all for it. So, I mean, if we can shed some light or just start there, I mean, there you have it. Because I mean, bringing them into community it sheds more light on them seeing how the community is, and you know, once they see it, then maybe they can want to you know chip in and want to help. I, I, that's, that's a really good point too. I mean, I just got off a call with Dion and with Saram. So, um, and Stevie too. So all of my clients that they were the first calls I made when news started breaking, rooted started getting tagged. I was like, you guys, I may have to just zig a little bit while y'all are zagging because this is extremely overwhelming. All three of them were like, what can we do? What do you need? You know, Saturday, us doing a pop-up community event with the police department and the fire department, we brought along about 15 other organizations now. And Dion is a is a main sponsor. He's one of our main partners that he was the first one to say, what can I do? Like, I'm not too sure exactly how to navigate, but I want mm-hmm. to navigate something so we can really try and implement something over here. But he also started, you know, as a volunteer with Rooted. So he understood immediately the area and immediately what was going to need to even be done. Like, he was like, okay, Tish, like, I know you do produce, but like, what do you need? You need me to write a check. You need me to, you need me to bring some swag where I'm like, I'm like maybe taking pictures. What do you want me to do? And Saran was the same way. Saran just called me and was like, okay, so Saturday I'm coming to this community event. Do I, do you need me to bring anything? And I was like, no, like we have so many donations. I mean, we're extremely blessed right now where we have partners that are coming on the Bills Foundation is coming on They're They're sending a truckload and we have, you know, um, the resource council that already is a satellite site with tops and feed more right over there. And, you know, we have Desiderios who, gives me, I mean, over $12 million a year in produce for Rooted. Like they are a huge backer of that portion of the city already. So they're dropping off two truckloads. Dash's Markets is dropping off milk, bread, and eggs. Uh, Father Sam's is dropping off breads. A bread company from Chicago is driving in three truckloads of bread. It's powerful, but it's good to see that at least they're understanding with their platforms, you know? For sure, Matt. Um, hey, man. Yeah, I, to I got to get you out of here, Mookie. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> Thank you so much, talk. man, for coming in. Ryan, you know, it's always a pleasure. And Ashley, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Ashley, that's the junior. Literally, that's what he says every time. <laughs> so, take care, Mookie. Thank you so much for taking some time. Um, Ashley, I was just talking to Mookie uh, about we were just having this conversation on the sideline on Friday about racism, even in the media, like dealing with it. Like it was this unbelievable foreshadowing to the next day, like kind of eerie how much it happened. But I mean, at this point, I mean, I think you tweeted something about it. It's like, almost like it's, 
it's not a surprise anymore. This stuff keeps happening. We keep letting this stuff happen. Let me just give you the floor. Yeah, I mean, I kind of went crazy on Twitter for the first time. I was like, you know, screw the job. Like, I'm going to say for the most part what I what I wanted to. I've blocked a, a good deal of people over the last couple of days. But um, yeah, I think you look at it and you look at everywhere that these mass shootings have happened and things like that, especially with white men and the way that, excuse me, white boys and the way that they've been able to be taken in perfectly fine, not a scratch on them. They're taking a Burger King. They're, they're treated very good. But then you look at these men who can't breathe and there's a knee on them for 10 minutes. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just you're sick and tired of it. But at the same time, you know, I've never obviously been in a point where it's been this close to home for me. Uh, Buffalo is my home now. And uh, it's very terrifying also to have children now, you know, to have a have consistent threats on your life. Um, in 2022, the fact that, you know, th- that's the tops that I go to. And the fact that just for being black, I mean, there's nothing that I can do about, first of all, about being black. I didn't ask to be black. Granted, I don't wouldn't want to be any other race at the same time. But this is how this has happened. So at the end of the day, listen, you could be racist. You can have hatred in your heart. I really don't give a damn. But you don't need to go shoot no one. You don't need to go do nothing about it. Have it in your heart. Have it in your heart. Have it in your house. You can say the N wherever you want around your house. I really don't care. But when you go out and you act on that stuff, it's ridiculous. And I had saw a story too where his um mother's cousin said that this was because of COVID and him not having no human mm-hmm. contact. I mean, I don't know anybody that's been that damn bored that went and shot up someone's grandmother and grandfather and started thinking that the white race was starting to um, deplete. I mean, that just sounds freaking idiotic. But we're also not dealing with a human being. We're dealing with, you know, a white supremacist that's an idiot. So I expect not to make sense of it. But, you know, it's it's a very scary thing, especially when you realize, you know, you have no idea and you look at how this man staked out this neighborhood. I mean, found the, the best neighborhood of just a bunch of black people, black people, not only that um, drove the source, but a lot of them that walk. Right. So you knew you were going he, he knew what he was going to be able to get and took 10 people. Uh, well, let's not even forget the other three that are traumatized as well, shot 13 people, 10 of them didn't make it out of that out of that store that will never have their family members back. And you talk about, you know, what can we do? What can we do? To be honest with you, I'm just that person that there's nothing we can do. There's no, the KKK is still not gone anywhere. They're still here. There's nothing that you can do because wherever you were raised or if this, now you're saying this guy had COVID, then there's nothing you can do. These people are going to continue to keep hunting people down. I mean, we're hunting people. And the worst thing that I could have ever done was video. You get what I mean? I will never touch Call of Duty again after the visual that I saw from that video because that's exactly mm-hmm. what it looked like. And it was disgusting then to watch him skip over a white man and then apologize in the middle of hunting black people. It's oh disgusting. God. And, you know, it's great that the Bills came out and did what they did. That's awesome. But I do think over time, you know, they go back to their cozy lives and everything's cool and these people still struggle and, um, you know, these families will still be without their loved one and unfortunately that's almost the cycle of life mm-hmm. it goes because they're not going to be you have those players that are that i'm not saying that don't want to do stuff right they are there 
But are you going to tell me that easily that Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen and all these are going to come back out and do, do the day of next year? When let's, I'll just call it out. I was the only one that got him in a one-on-one interview. You know what it took to get that? You can't sit down in your own place and it takes that much work. I don't know how much easier it will be to get you to go out and go to the hood and hand out whatever you need to hand out. Mm-hmm. Because it's not always just giving money. That mm-hmm. always, always work. Especially mm-hmm. when you're Black. You get what I mean? Because when I talked to Micah Hyde, I said, even though you have money, that guy wouldn't have cared if you were an NFL player or not. You would have you would have got shot. As long as you look Black, you were dead. So, I mean, it's, a, it's an unfortunate... Um, it's an unfortunate reality. And this is just a reminder that these people are out there. And then you have other people like how he wrote Dylan roof and everybody else on, on that gun and and whatnot. Um, There's somebody else that's going to look up to this guy and what he did. Mm -hmm. And God forbid knows where that, where that is going to happen. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you're saying right now. It's, it's so true. I mean, I think it's cool and I think it's easy right now as feelings and emotions are raw for people to say what they're going to do next year. But like, if you're not even doing that now, like you weren't doing it before something like this happened, it's unfortunate. And this is where like me, I really struggle because- If we were doing it before, we would have seen something last year. That's, yes. So I've only been in Buffalo for almost two years. I've done nothing like this since I've been here. Nothing. That's an example right there for you. Yes. And this is a thing like people don't want to talk about it. A lot of that, that portion of the city, like I'm telling you, I've been located over there for five years, five years. It took me to even gain the trust of that community. You guys think coming in one day, taking some pictures because your Bills players, everybody's spawning. It's going to be cool and it's going to help you get in. But like I and I said this to Saran, I said it to Dion. I said it to Stevie. We are still black. Just like it could have happened to me, it could have happened to you. Just like I get concerned when I get pulled over. And the police are one of my biggest supporters. I do community events with them every month. Every community event I do, I include the Buffalo Police. I include CPOs. I include, you know, the fire department. But at the end of the day, it's still predominant. Even that firehouse over there. One firehouse. Do you know how how many minorities work in that firehouse? Two. Two in a predominantly black community where people already look down on them because they're crackheads, because they don't have jobs. They live below the poverty line because they they are a certain way. They they don't take care of themselves. A lot of the clients over there don't have teeth. They don't present well. They can't speak properly. A lot of them are war vets that are definitely off their meds. It's, it's, people did not want to touch this portion of the city. So now that this is all happening, I'm having such a hard time. Like, I will say this is the only interview I have done. And it's because I have respect for you guys, because I know my mouth and I know how it went. The other day, pulling up to the resource council, even to fill the fridge, I'm arguing with volunteers to feed more. Because I think it's disgusting. You're coming in. You guys weren't operating on this portion of the city. You didn't connect with local organizations that have been over here. You came in. exactly why they were targeted. Even more. There's nobody. Nobody. He was very. That's what it is. Exactly. And And you could. With him coming for probably a couple days, he was able to see that back. 
you can see it. Even like the fact that people walk over there, a lot of people don't have transportation. More than 82, 82% of that population overall yeah. does not have transportation. They don't even take the bus because you have to get on multiple buses to even get most places. So over there, people doing their grocery shopping, if, if say all this pulls out, they're doing their grocery shopping at Family Dollar and Dollar Store mm-hmm. because that tops is closed. They're, and they're still not close. Like the, I think the next closest tops is literally like Niagara Street. And they're like, right. oh, we're doing shuttles. Really though? You're and how long shuttles. is that going to last? Yeah, exactly. And when this dull and this shine all wears off because everybody's now trying to get their name out. That's why. Get... So that will be the reason. Yeah. N- now what happens? So when all of the organizations that aren't even legitimate organizations that are asking for monetary donations or, oh, we're collecting this. I mean, literally, people are tagging rooted left and right. I had to say to a company today, I don't know why you're created, you created shirts. Like, we don't even do that. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that stays in my lane. I don't, I'm not stepping left. I'm not stepping right. We do produce. We do hygiene. I'm not pretending like we do anything else. But you know what? That store is closed. So at this time, SPCA brought us pet food today. Oh, some of your clients can use pet food. And I'm like, you know what? None of my clients that come directly to our physical location can use that. But I know there's people that go to the fridge and we have shelves there. So I'll happily put it on the shelves because I'm sure somebody out there can use it. We had a woman that delivered um, breast milk, you know, because of the formula shortage. And that's in such high demand right now. Like no one can find formula anyway. But I was saying to the lady, I, I appreciate this donation. But like, what happens after this? Because like, that is something that people have been asking for and crying out for that we've gotten requests for, for the last six months. And I, I didn't know even who to turn to. I don't have children. So I didn't Mm -hmm. know, you know, that it was so hard to find formula. Like I hear about it, but like, what about the females that are having kids or had kids during COVID that can't produce milk that, you know, maybe they, they can produce it, but maybe they're producing extra but there's somebody else that, you know, didn't produce. There's people that adopted kids over there because it's a high, you know, foster care and adoption rate over there. What about those parents that obviously never produce milk? Like so many aspects of this right now, people haven't even thought about. And you think it's cool to just pop up. Oh, you're popping up a tent and you're passing out non-perishables and a couple fresh produce with some oranges, some apples, um, orange juice and milk. But what about the actual needs? What about mm-hmm. the people that needed laundry detergent? Like they, they don't have washers. A, a huge population over there doesn't even have stoves. They cook out of microwaves or they don't have microwaves or stoves. Rudy has clients that don't have any of that. And then taking mm-hmm. into consideration the clients that don't have teeth. So right. all of our items are catered to that. Like we, we know the people that come to us or like they refer people to us. Okay. Do you have a stove? Okay. You don't. So I can give you this, but I can't give you this. Okay. What about that stuff? What about all of the other needs? You're slapping a label on a bag and, and you're giving interviews. Oh yeah. This is so great. I'm doing this. You know, we worked with this organization, this organization. What happened to five years ago when y'all pulled all the, the funding away from this portion of the city? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't know if anybody else has these thoughts, but I genuinely have spent the last week so mind boggled that today's the first day that I was like, okay, I can like talk to people and be like kind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I'm like, my social meter has like hit it. Listen, you, you don't have to apologize for any of this. Like you're, you're doing more. I mean, you've done more than most people. And you're literally, I think there, I saw a comment in, in the YouTube channel, like you're the boots on the ground. You're experiencing what it's like there. And you're going to be a part of the efforts when all of the shine comes off of this. And so these are real problems that we have to have real conversations about trying to find solutions for. And I got to be honest with you, like I live in the North Towns. I I barely ever think about downtown Buffalo. I barely ever think about the South Towns, to be honest with you. Like I don't, except when I have to go down there for, for Bill's games. I mean, we get very, you know, set in where we are, you know, where we live. And I, I think this is kind of one of those examples where, and it's not new. This has been something that's, you know, Mookie was talking about at the top of the show. I mean, segregation has, has existed, you know, mm-hmm. for decades, for years, for centuries. I mean, re- it, it's like, again, like this, this problem that just continues to be a problem. And I think we just need maybe, and you could probably say it better than I can. We need more people that are willing to donate money and donate um, perishables and, and, and donate time. That's all great. But maybe donating right. energy to this past just this week. It's yeah. And I mean, when I, when I met Dion, so how I even got the job with Dion is, you know, he was looking for a local nonprofit that, that was smaller that he could really relate to. So again, I operate out of my grandmother's house. It's, we got our cute little backstory. You know, my, my staff mm-hmm. is my family and friends and it's, it's a close knit community. So when he first started coming around, like he was like, I'm, I'm like in awe. Like, I didn't know you, you have your family. I just, he wanted to write a check. And he's like, the first thing you said to me was, nope, I would not take his money. I didn't want a check. It's going to be more impactful. It's going to be more meaningful when you start actually doing something. So when you're ready to actually work and come out to an event, that's when I'll respect you. And from there, he was like, damn, he's like, Tisha, I kind of hurt my feelings. But like, you know, months later, he's like, oh, I really enjoy coming around. Now he has Dion's dreamers and he's like, I get the value. We, he's been. And he's actually one of those guys. You want that personality out there. I mean, he's one of those guys that, I feel like can kind of break through barriers because Mm -hmm. of how they present themselves and how they are with people. So he is honestly one of the most personable human beings I've ever met. Like we've done events where I'm like, Dion, I got to go hide in the bathroom. Like I've hit, I'm at the fill. I got to (laughs) go like break. You're good. And he will be out there like 716 day last year. You know, it was pouring. It was horrible weather. And he's like, I just wanted to do a positive community event. It was the only event in the summer that wasn't shut down due to violence, that didn't have any issues. There was over 5,000 people there. And it was such a diverse, beautiful event. And it's stuff like that. Like, even though that was in the North Towns, like no player had ever done anything like that in North Buffalo. 
no one, no one even had the interest of leaving, you know, Orchard Park, Hamburg, that area. So, you know, he broke barriers for now. Other players are getting opportunities up in the, the North Towns and Hurdle and everything that people didn't have. But how that translated even for the community, like he ended up getting partnerships with Pale, the Police Athletic League, you know, he he now has the police and the firemen at all of his events. We do Thanksgiving uh, distributions and Christmas distributions together. It's co-branded between his foundation and my foundation. And now you have players like Saran, who's like, oh, my God, I I watched Dion, you know, do all of this stuff. And I want to be like that. And prior to all of this, I had just um, I don't know if I should let him tell it. Well, I'll tell it. It's not a big deal. But, you know, Saran's passionate about cooking. So he was he brought me on and was saying he wanted to, before he launched a foundation, he wanted to go into inner city communities and he wanted to teach kids how to cook Mm. because, you know, the lack of fresh access to fresh items, but also a lot of them don't know how to, they're, they're parentalized from a young age and they don't know how to cook for themselves. They're eating craft. They're eating microwavable meals that are easy. Mm. So um, we had partnered with the Resource Council during their they're launching a program called Culture in the Kitchen. And it's all these different um, culture chefs. So a Burmese chef is coming in. Saran wanted to come in, spend a day and teach kids. So now that was already in the works and now it's about to happen. But now it's these these programs that were already in the works. They're they're losing that authenticity because you have so many people coming on this bandwagon. That it's now it's how do you release that? How do you even brand it so that it looks where it's still positive, but it's addressing a true need that provides sustainability where there's not sustainability is pure chaos right now. Um, Rashid uh, has a comment here. Uh, he grew up on the east side on Bailey Avenue. He's living in Dallas now. Uh, the city is that's really very segregated. Tisha, these are all facts you're speaking. I'm going to tag you know, rooted in love, uh, in the episode. Um, I'm going to get you out of here. Cause I only said 20 minutes and I've kept you way too long. You need some sleep. <laughs> um, I just love it. It's the truth. Like it's, it's really the truth. And I, I mean, I commend you guys for having the conversation, but Ashley, I think, you know, you being here two years, you know, and, and we're black, like as females too, in sports, as well as these industries, they don't, it's different for us. I mean, I say I actually just said that to someone else. Like, I didn't come from a sports background, so me transitioning into like the sports marketing and foundation mm-hmm. management, um, it's it's hard. And you have so many things stacked against you. I mean, I've had even Mookie knows. I've had people at our events that are like, we're not going to talk to her, and they'll go to somebody else fully. They'll go to a man that works for me before they even go to me. <laughs> so it's, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's so many different components going on. And I hope like, you know, while this is a conversation, that's one time, I hope that you guys continue throughout this, this like section in time to have these conversations because it's so necessary, even though this is a football platform, it's, it's so necessary to even, you know, bring on people that are really truly living it but also are in the same space as you guys like this is it's just very very 
I can't even tell you what having a conversation can do. I promise to continue the conversation. That's something yeah, that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's on my butt anyway, all day, every day. What was that uh next podcast you talked about? Um, so she what what was it a couple weeks ago? Oh, we were going in for the draft. And I didn't sit down. I walked in, I was late. I had my Starbucks and she was giving it to me from the <laughs> second I got in. She's like, Oh, you got your Starbucks? Are you okay? Like are you are you all set for the draft? Um <laughs> Ashley is uh, one of my favorite people. She she livens up the beat. But anyway, thank you so much, teacher, for coming on here, talking thank a little you. bit about what this week has been like for you. you. Let me know if you need help Saturday. I will come in out. Girl, you can, so, you can, can do it whatever your, you want. Um, I can get your number from Matt, and I'll text you so you have my number and you let me know what, yes. what you need, and you know, I'll be there to help. I have I, – I truly right now – Honestly, I, I just need the people hands on the ground. I, I need all the volunteers that I can truly get because I just like as we're continuing to blow up, this is I don't I don't even care about the money. I don't care about the interviews. I don't care about anything like that. We can get the food. We can get the hygiene mm-hmm. items. But like we need the extra hands because realistically, my staff is old. Like my parents are old, they're retired and they are, my parents have been busting their tails for me the last like three days and they are tired. (laughs) So So what can, so what can we do? Can we just show up? Do we, should we like, is there somewhere to sign up or is it just, Hey, show up at the, at grandma's house and get going. (laughs) So I mean, honestly, I welcome people showing up at my grandma's house. It is a red and yellow house. It's at 670 Riley street. And it is, I mean, I tweeted this the other day, like I just got a Twitter, so I'm still learning all of this. <laughs> Who knows what's going on here? But I um, I just tweeted like that house has all of our memories. Like my par- my grandparents owned that house for 50 years and, you know, Rooted has been in it for the last five years. And it's just such a, a good family legacy. But you can find it. It's dead center of the street. It has a cute bench on it. We're We're, we're there. But. Um, aside from that, the mafia babes, we partnered with them to, um, kind of control the volunteers. So they have a sign up sheet on all of their social media platforms, um, for Saturday. And then we're going to be doing more and more community events. So I'm going to be getting with them to, um, also set our sign up sheets for throughout the week. So starting Monday, there's going to be time slots for, um, volunteers to be able to come in and sign up in like two, three hour rotations where people can receive the donations or they can help us, you know, distribute at the fridges. Um, Like I said, we partnered with the Buffalo community fridges. So it's going to be stocking um, not only our fridge, but there's two. And I, I accepted um, a thing today. So we are going to be launching another two fridges and a a freezer um, all around the East side. So Stay tuned for that madness because it will yeah. be coming. Absolutely. And, and Rashid, John, I see you guys. Uh, can you get us a place to donate? If you go to Twitter and you go to Bill's Mafia, babes, they actually have a thread that's pinned to their profile. Uh, there, there's an Amazon wish list that would go to Rooted in Love if, if that's something you'd like to do. So that way you are uh, helping out in, in that capacity. So that is something you can do. It's at Bill's Mafia, babes on Twitter. 
Yeah, that Amazon wish list is great. Thank you guys T- so much. Tisha, go get some sleep, please. Try to get some. Appreciate you. <laughs> My bags are <laughs> they're dying. <laughs> Have a we'll great see you. night, you guys. We'll see you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, Ashley. You're going to close down the show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, like I obviously, you know, we we have a friendship, we have a, you know, uh, we, we joke around a lot. There's not a, yeah, she's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm friends with your wife. I don't know if I'm friends with you. <laughs> she's, she literally shouted like, um, cause I didn't tell her too much about this. She's had a, a really busy day, um, at school. And so when she tuned in just now, I might, I see my text blowing up. Ashley, she's so excited. Um, but you know, you, we talked a little bit about, you feel like it's not going to change this. There's nothing we can do to change. There's these, there's these people out there that it doesn't matter. I mean, you see it on, on these TV shows. I mean, I was watching, I saw a clip of Tucker Carlson the other day and I, not to get political, but like, I don't know how we can see this and still dig our heels in to this rhetoric. That's just so damaging to the entire conversation and to the way that it like paints people into these corners because they're just eating it all up. I mean, I'm sure that that's all that played in the, in, in this guy's house. And again, not to get too political, but I guess what are our steps moving forward from a just combating racism? Are there, are there anything we can do? Is there anything we can do? as a like a society as as individuals like is it just as simple as weeding it out is it like seeing it and not accepting it i mean i saw a video yeah. that kind of went viral the other day of that i think it was like an uber driver who kicked somebody out of his car yeah. that came right, in. Right. right right and you have those times where you can do that but when you look at somebody like this i mean you have to wonder where their signs did he say something to someone i mean we know that he made the threat against the high school um, and made those those loose threats at the time, but then you look at what literally he held up to that. He just didn't do it to that high school. He went and picked somewhere four hours away and decided to shoot that place up. Um, you know, you could always sit there and say, like, you know, you raise your kids to to love one another, to to or if you have differences, to just not be around that person. It's very simple, right? You don't have you don't have to love and like everyone. You just don't need to have anything to do with them. But I just think people like that, I mean, I, I can't comprehend because I don't know what it's like to be that disgusting and nasty of a person, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the bottom of the barrel. That's that's literally just nasty sh- stuff in the bottom of the bucket. So I mean, when you have that much hatred in your heart, I mean, how can you even, how do you even live? <laughs> like, it, I don't know how you even survive, right? So I just think, you know, we've been fighting racism. I, I forgot, um, there was another situation that happened in Charlotte too, and we marched there. But there was one time that was like tired since then. I said like, I don't even remember the, the year it was, because it wasn't 19, but it was like, 14th, I don't know, it was something crazy, like super, super, super long ago. And I mean, this has been going on for forever. It just continues to happen. And then you look at it in different ways, right? You have this random guy that wanted to do an act of terrorism in domestic terrorism here. And then you look at stuff with police. 
look at stuff with other different types of people. So mm-hmm. you're getting it everywhere. You don't even, I just feel like there's no answer for it. You just have, I almost hope you almost feel like you have to hope that it just doesn't happen to you. Cause I mean, I I feel like I have PTSD. I've not hit a store. I don't know when I'm going to go into the store. I'm not going to lie. I've looked at white people's side when I'm on the, on the, on the street, I've been like, you know, how when black people, when white people saw black people, they just, Cross the street, I have crossed the street. Because I'm just like, you just, I have no idea. Like, it makes you feel like I have no idea who's going to do what. All these loose threats, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not messing with it if it's not to bills and to work and anything I have to do for my kids. I'm just not, I'm not for it. Which is so, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. The because... trauma, trauma is real. It's, it's very real. And then have people like make copycat pets, which you don't know are real and what's not, shutting down walmarts or whatever i mean these people are living in terror like you know it's it's scary to be black and that's why i say they say it's scary to be black in america and that's what and that's just facts and then when you have people that which i have argued on twitter oh well there's been black mass murders and black and like no one has said that though no one has said there hasn't but there's definitely been more white than black and what we're talking about is the situation that happened in buffalo we're not comparing mm-hmm. every single thing because you don't want to get in that in that match you know, yeah. so when you see that, it makes it even more terrifying that like these people don't get it. Right. So right. Ryan, I've dominated the conversation here tonight. I'm sorry. No, um, these these ones with five people talking can be a little bit daunting. Um, give you the floor for a minute. No, I, I just think that tonight actually it was just more important to listen and and mm-hmm. to to hear everyone's thoughts. And it, it, it's been, a you know, great to hear from so many voices in this community and their experiences and and how they feel so you know nothing to apologize for i i think it was very valuable even just to, to sit back and, and listen to everyone and what they had to say mm-hmm. well um ashley somebody really liked watching you so much that she's two hours past bedtime and and uh can you say hi to ashley say we'll see you like your haircut in a couple of weeks, she says she likes your haircut. What do you say? Thank you. Say thank you. Thank you. Look at her. See, you're, still- raising, you're raising her up right. Already given uh, donating her hair. That's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's all her her mom. I can't take any credit. Um, oh, yeah. That's true. I should probably shouldn't. Sorry. <laughs> I understand. But um, I will say, um, I really don't want to come on this, this podcast. Because the first time I was on here, I had a bunch of puppies. The second time I have people on here, I have twins now. So I don't know what's up with this podcast. I can't be a part of it moving past. Because every time you come on, you have more kids? Something's happening. Yeah. Ah, I gotcha. Maybe this is this was important. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on tonight. I really appreciate this. Um, you, you move some things around, uh, to get on. I know you're busy. You had to put the little ones to sleep. Um, I can't wait to meet them. Hopefully, uh, in a couple, I think a week and a half, we had to reschedule dinner cause it was raining. Right. You know what? I really want to bring this up. And I, I was we were talking about this earlier today. I'm really surprised that the Pagulas have not said anything. And mm. I'm just curious of like, are they doing anything or, like what's happening? You know what I mean. And even if, even if they want to be the type that just gives money, fine, I whatever. But nothing has happened. And I just find it always interesting that these owners are. That's a great point. They, they just are. I don't even want to say they're not like humans, but they're just so. 
because I don't know Kim is such a great person, right? I'm not saying that they're not great people, but it's just in times like this, that is the biggest team there that makes how much money you can lobby to get a new stadium and have all these people with taxes and everything. But it's quiet from their end. And I feel like that's kind of um that's kind of disappointing. You know, especially especially I will say like someone like Kim that's also, you know, we know her story and how she's been able to to get to where she is too. So, you know, you just look at these people that go through these things and it shouldn't just be the players after you. It should also be the people that have put these essentially these teams together and why these teams are here, right? And I think that they they should they should have came out and said something. I know they're a quiet couple, but um a mass shooting in your your neighborhood, even though it's not your neighborhood, but your neighborhood is a is a great place to start. But again, will anybody go back to the owners meeting the next year and ask them why do you, why didn't you say anything if, after that? If if we get them, because we weren't allowed to talk to them at the owners meetings this year. So exactly. which is just you know, very disturbing. we haven't heard from Terry Pagula in from on the football side since 2019 owners meetings. I mean, and even just even that is even just kind of crazy at the same point. I mean, I know people are busy, but like you still have a you still have a job to do, right? And I still feel like yeah. most of the job, just a little bit, comes from Brandon Bean. I think he probably, in my right. mind, I would think he takes on a little bit more than than Terry. Right. That's just in my and the mind. bills, the bills statement is not a statement from the Pagulas either. So exactly. the bills. Exactly. Because they wait, it, it kind of came late. Right. Right. People expected them to, you know, at that point move. And even when we had talked to Michael on Saturday, uh, or excuse me, Sunday, I was I was actually pretty surprised that he continued to do I mean, that he still went on with the um mm-hmm. charity game. I actually thought that that would have been canceled. I know how much it would have taken to move around, but if you look at that game, everybody that pretty much was there was white. Mm. I don't know if that would have been the situation. Like, let's just say that shooting didn't happen, but I, I think the people that have bought those tickets, they weren't affected right. as much by the people. You get what I'm saying? No, I totally get what you're saying. And honestly, I'm I'm white and I was going, I was planning to go down and cover it and I just couldn't get behind it. Like I couldn't get like yeah. in the, in the boat to go down there and, do that. And that's not a judgment for anybody that did like yeah, yeah, jobs. Yeah. Like, you know, and of course not. A, I think that Micah, I know, I, I think I know Micah pretty well, you know, yeah, he's a good guy. professional level. Yeah, like, I don't think he did it in a bad way, but like, he, wrestled, he said that he wrestled with a decision to do it. And I believe right. that he did. I just, I actually think he was thinking of everybody else that has changed everything around and has mm, put their right. hard work into making sure this happened. I actually think he did it, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like it would be so hard on them to switch it. And, everything like that. You can only do it on certain days because Bison's play there. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely think that I just, for me personally, it was necessarily hard to be there. And that's why, you know, I've tried to ask the hard, not hard questions, but just questions that I would want to know, especially as the only black female sports reporter anchor on that beat, you know, mm-hmm. because these things matter, right? Like you don't get to talk to about them that much. And I find it interesting, uh, not interesting, but you know, someone that I think would have been, so intelligent and great to talk to, especially when this happened about just really, really being able to have a like um, innocent and just in-depth and tough conversation was Jerry. Mm. Jerry, he was would have, he would have been very, 
he's been pretty quiet on social media. Like even yeah. before, like he he put out the yeah. statement after he signed, but he's been really quiet on social media. He was yeah. quiet on social media last year. I mean, as soon as that Cole stuff happened, I felt like he kind of um he wasn't nearly was as vocal. Which I don't know. Social media is a divisive, like a, a nasty place. Like I think sometimes athletes wait too long, long to get off. <laughs> Yeah, like, and people, the crazy thing is how people hide behind this stuff. And it's crazy. I've had so many people tweet me that one picture. I don't know if you've seen it, but it says, like, Max Shooter, and they've got, like, like black people on there, and, like, no. whatever they've done. It's just, it's like, dude, I'm not even talking about that, right? And then a bunch of them, not a bunch of them, but some people have, like, when I blocked them, have, like, added WGRZ or whatever. And I'm like, look, I add WGRZ right back to them. Like, I don't care. What are they going to do? <laughs> like, I'm right. going to you know, at this fact, what I want to say. So I just think it's tough. And I think it's, um, no matter what, I just think it's tough to be black. And I don't, I don't foresee it changing. It's unfortunate. Cause it's like, man, you'll think you'll go a little bit without it. And then it's going to happen again. And I'm just like, man, like, I hate, like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not imagine. And then just the way that these people get taken easily in and without a scratch and whatever. I really think if that was a black man that went shot up Orchard Park tops or Walmart, mm. I don't think that that would have been the end result where he came out and was okay. Right. I think he probably would have been dead. So I feel like the, the, the double standard and being a hypocrite is never going to go away with this. I mean, if it was, there wouldn't be, I don't think there would be as much racism as there is. And I think for the last couple of years prior with certain leadership of the world made it comfortable for other people to come out, it made it comfortable for them to want to talk about it. It made them comfortable to express how, you know, they're racist at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but this is, this, this is America, right? Just like the song, that video is more powerful more than ever now. Yeah. So. Ryan, any final thoughts? I was going to let you, take it there no 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 sorry i'm just again just kind of taking it all in and actually make some some great great points uh that there is a double standard there there's uh how things have panned out across you know the united states with these mass shootings with how they're brought in and and it's there's not much you can say it's just you have to wonder how things can change yeah Mm mm-hmm It'll be interesting oh. because we have bills next week. So we'll see how, you know, does everything just go back to normal? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't for me. I don't know what it does for them. But, you know, I still have to fear for my life when I go outside. So, right. you know, I don't know. So it's right. it's definitely a tough thing. And, you know, I think I, I battle with even talking about sports next week. You know, I don't know what I'll right. do. It's a part of me is, you know, I'm just not feeling comfortable with it yet and i don't i don't know mm-hmm. how I will. you know i feel like it's and too I, early for that and i think your tweet that you had uh i think it was today maybe it was yesterday summed it up perfectly in that that's okay let it be yeah like no take your time mm-hmm. yeah take your yeah. time like l- feel what you're gonna feel go through it <sighs> as a white person i can't fathom what any of this feels like Right. I can, I can put myself in a situation where, you know, I have family members that if they were to get killed, like I, 
how, how that would make me feel. But I've not spent one day on this earth as a black person and experience what it's like to have people hate you just for that. It sickens me, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else to say. And I don't, I don't know. You're right. Like, I mean, the, you had some really like raw, hard truths. It's like sometimes we get to a point where maybe you don't get to a point. Maybe it's always just this constant existing thing where it's like, well, what is going to change? What is going to finally be the thing that changes? Where, you know, we have the president of the United States like banging the pulpit, talking about like, you know, this is terrorism and this is not okay. This is, you know, white supremacy is poison. And, you know, I think the expectation is this will happen again. What was the other president saying prior? Right. A whole different message than that. Mm -hmm. So, well, yeah, these that people, happens. some of these people have come out and they are super comfortable with it, the way they are. And, you know, my thing is this, this is what I would have said. If you don't like black people, right? Cool. Go in the hood, fight them one-on-one -on -one then. Mm. Put your hands up. But no, you wanted to go take an illegal assault rifle or whatever. And, uh, well, it was legal, but some things done to it. And you wanted to hit hurt helpless people. Like to me, that that's you being a coward. I mean, there's so many. You know, you know, I'm a cursor, so I would I would say some choice words right now. <laughs> but like now, if you want to go fight them one on one or put your hands up, cool, do it like that. But he knows he would have got his ass whooped, and we'll just say it there. So mm. that's why I didn't do it. So you took the way out to what to where you knew everybody was helpless. It's trash. But then, like I said, skip over the white person and apologize in the middle of a hunt, hunting session, yeah. which is crazy. The fact that, you know, the mayor says they responded in two Man. minutes, right? two minutes, and he killed all those people in that amount of time. Right. I mean, I look at the video and I believe That's it was Roberta, Roberta and like the, this, this lady had this, this, this young woman had no chance. Right. No chance. the time she would have turned and, and it wouldn't have mattered. And nobody with a gun had any chance. Like that's the other, that's the other, you know, argument that like, you know, well, let everybody have a gun and like, give them a chance. Well, when a guy brings in that kind of artillery, like there's, it's over before it ever started. Yeah. It's like, basically you should walk around in tactical gear all day. At this point. Right. Hope that, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I feel for the people in that community and my heart hurts. My heart's broken for black people. My heart hurts for my daughters i mean it's just i mean i really don't even have words you know it's just it's an emotional time right now um it's is a it's a really sad thing it's it's really unfortunate so i mean yeah you can get out you can do what you can and hope that you know the buffalo 10 i guess as they're called now don't don't just become a part of history of buffalo and then that's it you know, that they always they always have these remembrance and people are always giving back and trying to do what they can. I hope that happens for years and years and years and years and years and years to come. And it's not just their families, you know, fighting for them to keep their names alive because they deserve it. The, you hear those stories, all of them, great people doing great things and definitely didn't deserve to have their life shattered. And especially when you look at someone like, I think his name was Zaire, he's 20 years old that got shot. That thank God made it out of the hospital and is now here to see his 21st birthday. But we have no idea what type of PTSD he has. You know, you never know any of that stuff. So, yeah. But all you can do hey. is pray. 
thank you for coming on. You got two little ones um, that you had to get to bed first. Um, you are mom of the year. Just getting after it on a on, on a nightly basis. I couldn't imagine. I could barely get my two grown kids to bed by myself. Um, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you are a shining light on this beat. Um, it's been great to have you on. And you're right. We got to have you on more often, even though it might lead to more children, I guess. <laughs> That's fine. You'll be babysitting them all. So it's kind of I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, Ryan's house. I mean, however you guys want to yell it up. There we go. But I love y'all. I appreciate y'all having me on. That unfortunately, Thank I'm sure I will see you soon. Yes, you will. Um, <laughs> probably too soon because I'll probably see you at OTAs next week. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you, everybody, that for for watching. Um, this was a really important show. One that. I wasn't even planning to do, I was going to just skip the week and like not talk football, but with the opportunity and the generosity that, you know, all of our guests tonight show Jay Spence from Buffalo rumblings, Mookie uh, from Mufo sports, um, Tisha Parker from rooted in love. And of course, Ashley Holder from channel two here in Buffalo. Um, I just wanted to bring them on and, you know, illuminate some voices that need to be um, follow her, her, Twitter handle's right there, at Ash Noel TV. Do it right there. She's got all the the, the fire takes, too, um, on all your favorite football te- or all your favorite sports teams. All right, we're out of here, everybody. Love each other. Let's do that. Start there. Take care. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.